Hello, and welcome to the Superhero by Design podcast, a show where we interview real life superheroes. My name is Ace, and I'll be your host. I have a close connection with the person who's going to be on today's show. Not only has this man guided me through this new world of podcasting, but he was able to grow his podcast to a whopping 50,000 listeners in only five months without any previous experience in podcasting. He is strong, steady, and I am privileged to call him a friend. Let's give a warm welcome to Noah, the Ark, Tetzner. Noah, welcome to the show. Wow. I am honored to be here, Ace. Like, so grateful to be here um, and honored to be considered a superhero as well. So I'm, I'm just so excited to be chatting with you. Well, I'm excited to have you here too, man. Noah has a podcast called Profit with Podcasting. You can find it on any of the podcasting platforms out there. You can also reach Noah at his email, which is noah at profitwithpodcasting.com. Now, before we get started, I think you know what I'm going to ask, right? (laughs) I do. I do. Having been behind the scenes for all of the interviews thus far. Awesome. Well, here it goes, man. What is your name? What is your quest? And what is your favorite color? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) For all those Monty Python fans out there, that one's for you guys. But the real important question is, how you doing, man? Oh man, that is such a good question. Um, how am I doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm a, I'm an optimistic person. I'm a hopeful person. Um, you know, I, I wake up each morning grateful to be alive. Um, you know, one of the things is my Christian faith is really important to me. So I truly thank God every single morning when I wake up. But, um, you know, it's not to say that uh, the day doesn't present challenges as well. Um, you know, I would say the greatest challenges are the the ones that exist inside of us. Um, you know, things like imposter syndrome and self-doubt, um, you know, those kinds of things. But overall, I'm doing really well. I'm, I'm happy to, you know, happy to run the race set before me. Um, and, you know, so honored uh, to be working with with people like you, Ace. And I'm not just saying that, but truly, I, I thank God I've won the lottery in terms of the the colleagues and the the close friends that I've been privileged to to be around in my life. Awesome. Well, I, I appreciate you saying that. And I can't say anything but similar things about you. Ever since our first conversation, when I was looking for a podcast manager, you just floored me at your intellect, your insight, your upbeat nature, not to mention your resume, which we'll be getting to during this podcast. But you are just such an amazing person, amazing man. And I just love working with you each and every day. For the listeners, Noah is my podcast manager, meaning he's the guy who's working behind the scenes. He sets up interviews. He does communication with a lot of the guests. And he runs pretty much everything as far as format of the show, how to get guests on, how to promote the show and all of that. And he has been absolutely amazing and phenomenal. And as I said earlier, you are a pod, a fellow podcaster and we will definitely get into that. But I couldn't be happier with the person that I met, the person that I'm working with. And like I said, I do consider you a good friend of mine, even though we haven't known each other for more than probably, I'm assuming around six months. but. It has been an absolute 
pleasure. And that's the crazy thing too about the journey that I'm on personally is the more I surround myself with good uplifting people like Joshua, the ultimate warrior, who's been on a couple times, he introduced me to you. And once you start making these great connections and then make connections through their network, people tend to be cut from the same cloth, so to speak. And long, long story short, it's an absolute pleasure to know you and to work with you. Man, I'm so, so humbled that you would say that, Ace, and everything you said right back at you. I am truly honored to have you in my life. Um, And I'm excited, man. You know, uh, Superhero by Design is a mission that I identify personally with. You know, we'll get into that today, I'm sure. But um, yeah, so excited to be on this journey with you. Awesome. Awesome. Well, pleasant trees aside, let's get into the nitty gritty. Let's get (laughs) into the, like I, from my Midwest mother, let's get into the meat and potatoes of the subject. Oh, yeah. So I like to always start the show off finding a little bit about people's background, about their youth growing up, things like that. You are from the Green Bay, Wisconsin area, right? Not Green Bay itself, but just outside of it. That's right. Yep. I was born and raised in a a small town called De Pere, Wisconsin of about 25,000 people. And it's probably five, 10 minutes outside of Green Bay. Okay, perfect. Perfect. Now, being a small town outside of a town that's not considered a, a, a large city by any means. I've, I've been to Green Bay, beautiful town, yeah. but it is a small town. So growing up in, I guess, what most people would consider a really small town, I'm assuming there was a tight-knit community. Like growing up, did you have a strong support system besides your family of like neighbors and, and things like that? How, how was the community growing up? Yeah. Yeah. That's such a good question. You know, I would say kind of looking back, reflecting, um, my upbringing was very unique compared to that of other people. And this is something that I didn't really think about when I was in it. I never thought of my upbringing as different, but in hindsight, it was very different. So I was homeschooled, uh, my entire life, um, you know, kindergarten slash first grade right on up to high school. Um, and you know, that was something that uh, wasn't as mainstream as it is now. Definitely. Um, I'm a proud homeschool graduate. Um, You know, I I loved my time being homeschooled. Um, And, you know, because of that, I, you know, I I was fortunate enough to grow up in a a really tight knit community. Um, You know, great parents, great grandparents, my sister who I love. But, you know, when you're homeschooled, you know, you have a, like a whole new level of a personal connection with your family members in particular. Um, you know, you see each other's victories, you see each other's failures. Um, so my family is one of the most important things to me in my life. Um, and I would say that that is definitely heightened by the fact that I was homeschooled. Um, you know, I was, there's a homeschool community here in the greater Green Bay area that I was definitely plugged into. Um, you know, and it was a great community of people from all different walks of life, business owners and people who, you know, um, just all different backgrounds who chose to homeschool their kids. So I was a part of that growing up. I was definitely very well socialized. Um, and you know, a lot of that was kind of intermixed with the church family that we had. Um, you know, I went to a, a very large church here in the Green Bay area and grew 
grew up um, in that community. And there were a lot of kind of homeschooling families in that mix. Um, you know, so I was, it was very unique in that regard. Um, you know, the fact that I was homeschooled allowed me to start my career when I was a teenager. I started my first podcast, the one that hit 50K downloads a month within the first five months when I was 16. Oh, wow. Um, so it was like a junior in high school, I think it was. Um, so, you know, homeschooling definitely gave me that freedom. Um, and that's something, yeah, man, like candidly, I'm an advocate for it. Uh, that's something I would say if it wasn't for the fact that I was homeschooled and had such a, a great, like intimate, organic family setting, I wouldn't be where I am today. That's fantastic. Now, I know with COVID happening a couple of years ago, homeschooling became a really big thing. Kids couldn't go to school. Yeah. And even if when they could start going back to school, if one person in the class got COVID, then essentially the whole class was out for a couple of weeks going back to the whole homeschooling thing. Now, I don't have kids, so I don't I wasn't intimately involved with all of this. But I know parents all over the country got a crash course in homeschooling. <laughs> when when you were growing up, this was obviously pre-COVID. I'm assuming yeah. it was your your parents that did most of the teaching or how was that dynamic? Correct. Absolutely. Absolutely. So my mom was my primary teacher. Um, my mom um, is a stay-at-home mom. She's a homemaker, always was for as, and still is to this day, you know, for as long as I've been around. My dad owns a small business. He owns a real estate appraisal firm here in uh, the Green Bay area. Um, so yeah, my mom was a primary teacher. And then of course, you know, my dad stepped in and, and taught me you know, the skills of finance and business and that kind of stuff. Um, so I got that from him and that's kind of where I got my entrepreneurial spirit. Um, you know, one of the things I love about the the kind of homeschool group that I was a part of is, you know, we did co-ops and that kind of stuff. And, you know, if one of the parents happened to be a PhD in chemistry, they might run a nightly course um, on biology that we would show up to. So there was a lot of collaboration and, and creativity. Um, you know, a lot of people don't know that homeschooling was only legalized in the United States in around 1980, 1990. Um, so it's, it's very, it's a very niche thing. Um, you know, um, and you know, there's been some people that'll find that out about me and they'll kind of look at me sideways like, Oh man, you, you seem pretty normal for a homeschooler. <laughs> that's right. I, I think that's one of the first stereotypes that homeschool kids get is that they're not socialized enough or acclimated to the normal social interactions that quote unquote public or private school give you growing up. And I really appreciate you sharing that because my view traditionally was the same thing, schooled by, right. by a parents or a relative. And whether you start public school in high school or college, you're not really quote unquote prepared for the real world. Not that school is actually even the real world, but sure. Uh, no, I appreciate you making that distinction. I know today too, because I have some close friends of mine who have homeschooled their children. And I think they're probably around 16, 15, 16 years old now, but this, they were homeschooling prior to COVID as well. Not too much before it, but today with the internet and access online, a lot of their classes and teachers are these instructors from all over the country, if not all over the world. And they have been exposed to so many different things. Now, I don't know if they have the same community of kids getting homeschooled like you did, but the parents filled that in by making sure that they got jobs when they were 16, making sure that they socialized through sports, things like that. So they still took care of the social 
aspect, but homeschooling these days, I'm assuming is completely different. It can be completely different than what you experienced. And it seems like it would be so cool and so enriching to be able to have classes from somebody in Spain trying to learn Spanish or something like that. So I'm really, I don't know, excited to hear about the possibilities if you don't feel like a traditional education might be the right thing for your children. Yeah, man, I'm happy to share. You know, um, I used to work for the Homeschool Legal Defense Association, HSLDA, uh, which is a legal kind of action group that advocates for the rights of homeschooling families because, you know, there are, are states throughout the union where homeschooling laws are, are very different. Fortunately, Wisconsin has some of the most lenient laws in the country, whereas, you know, a state like New York would, would be more strict on that kind of stuff. Um, and, and I, I truly believe that homeschooling, uh, isn't for everyone, first of all, but it's such a good option. You know, um, if, if you're somebody who wants to invest in your children and you care so deeply about your relationship with them, I'd, I'd consider it. Like I said, I started a business in high school and, you know, I look at the people around me who are kind of my age and I, I just see how much more I was exposed to because, Uh, I got started early. You know, Ace, one of the convictions that I'm really passionate about is, um, you know, I'm kind of a nerd. I I really like history and research and that kind of stuff is I believe we, not to get too controversial, but I believe we as a society have extended adolescence, right? You know, if you look at kind of the heroes of, of time, like if people were achieving things at a lot younger of an age, people were starting families a lot younger, a hundred years ago. Uh, George Washington, I believe was a Lieutenant or an officer leading the British troops in Canada at age 26 or something like that. Um, you know, to be an officer in the Prussian military, the greatest military in the late 19th century, uh, you had to be 15 years old. You know, so it's, I, I love seeing young people doing great things. And I, I think homeschooling is just a way to advocate for that. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree with you more. I can only speak from personal experience, but I went to public school, then private school for high school. Then I went to college and I was attached to my parents. I, when I got out of college, I moved back home, lived with them for a little bit before I moved out with some roommates and everything. But At the same time, I feel like if I had to do it all over again, knowing what I know now, I would have, so to speak, ripped that bandaid off sooner from relying on my parents, probably at, in some regards, not the healthiest of, of ways. And I know that goes into my, how I was raised and grew up and everything. But at the same time, to see someone like yourself at such a young age, accomplish so much And I'm really excited to share with everybody what you're currently doing right now. Don't want to (laughs) jump into it quite yet. However, seeing what you're doing at such a young age and so many people you could see have done such great things. I know, speaking of a a Canadian, Justin Bieber, I don't really listen to his music, but I know he's super popular and has been for a really long time. He left home 15, 16 and went to Hollywood to make it as a singer and has done incredible things. There's a lot of young people that you hear about leaving home at an early age. And usually their story is something, not a good upbringing, not a good situation at home that forced them to get out. Whereas yours wasn't a bad situation. It was a good situation. You had a mother who was a school teacher, a father 
who was uh, an entrepreneur. And so you yeah. got both the education and the business education at such a young age. And for those who follow what I talk about with your nervous system, if you're under the age of 25, you're living in what's called uh, n- passive plasticity, meaning whatever you hear, whatever you experience, whether you're paying attention to it or not, your brain is like a sponge. So under the age of 25, it's very easy compared to being past 25 to learn a lot of information. So my recommendation, uh, uh, real quick, my recommendation to anyone under 25 listening to this, learn as much and diverse information as you can, like soak it all in. Because once you get older, like myself, you know, the old, the old man I am, it's, it's not that it's harder to learn. There's just different rules and things you need to do. So for you young listeners out there, learn as much as you can. Yeah. No. And if I can just jump in here, Ace, like for me personally, that's something I was always so in tune with, you know, like when you are in your, your mid twenties or 25, whatever the figure is like, you are literally, literally in the prime of your existence here on this planet. Like those years are so precious and they're so fleeting. And that was something I was always in tune with. Um, I remember on my 21st birthday, I went on a, I went on a bike ride um, and it, the sun was setting, it was an evening. Um, and I remember I stopped at this pier uh, in the the town de pier where I live. And it's just this cool little area where you can walk out on this dock and the sun was setting. And I was one of the only people there. It was in May. And I remember just literally weeping, uh, thanking God that like, wow, like I've been able to achieve all this at such a young age and almost grieving the fact that I was getting a year older because I will be 70 years old one day and I'll look back and I'll tell my grandchildren I did when I was 20 something, I did this. Um, and, and I realized that the opportunities available to me now won't always be there. You know, I just, I have this energy. I'm, I'm able to, to like just do more at a young age, but anyways, so that's just something I was conscious of. Yeah, no, I think that's phenomenal that you're conscious of it as well. Cause a lot of us, no matter what age we are in life, we go through life kind of going through the motions and it's so important just to take a step back from time to time reflect on what you've done, what's come before you, what you're currently in, and also dreaming and taking action to whatever's going to be coming in the future. So, however, with that said, let's jump into some of this stuff. So get to walk me through this. You were 16 years old. You wanted to start a podcast. I'm assuming you didn't know really much of anything about podcasts other than probably listening to a few of them. And you get 50,000 listeners in five months. And I don't want to spoil it for the audience, but I'm going to spoil it for them. Your podcast at the time, which I think you still do episodes here and there. uh, It was a podcast about Viking history. Now, I love history, maybe not as much as you do, or other (laughs) people. But at the same time, how the heck do you get in five months, let alone 50,000 people to listen to you talk about Vikings? Yeah, man. Well, you know, I, I remember I started the podcast on March 26th of 2018 is when I started the podcast. Um, and for context, you know, it took me about two years to actually launch a podcast. My dad is an avid podcast listener. Um, and I was actually shadowing him, 
um, because he's a real estate appraiser. And that's what I thought I wanted to do. So I would drive around across the state of Wisconsin to all of his inspections and so forth. And we'd listen to a lot of different podcasts. And he said, well, no, I think you should start a podcast about history. You know, um, he had bought me the equipment for Christmas for about two years. I dragged my feet. And then one day I was just sick of it because I knew I didn't want to go to college. So it was just kind of a shot in the dark. I was like, this probably isn't going to go anywhere, but if I can create something that will allow me not to go to college, um, that would be awesome. So I, I, um, you know, I remember the first few episodes, I just kind of recorded them with me talking. I didn't know what the hell I was talking about. Um, but I remember I cold emailed uh, a woman named Caroline Larrington and she is the professor of medieval literature at Oxford university. Uh, and she got back to me right away and she had no, she had no reason to get back to me, but she did. And she said, I would love to be your guest. So I was so nervous, but I interviewed her and we talked about Norse mythology. So like Thor and Odin and Loki and all this cool stuff. Um, and she then introduced me to her friend, Johanna, who was a, a, a lecturer at Yale University. And then I had her on and she talked about Viking women and all of these different historians that I had on the show just had this network of friends and colleagues that they introduced me to. Um, and I, you know, started dabbling in marketing. I built some relationships with people who really helped the show. And then within five months, 50,000 people were tuning in every single month. Um, you know, so, I mean, there's, there's a few different reasons for that. One of them was my own kind of marketing acumen, um, you know, it, which is all people based and I love people. I love relationships. Um, but also, you know, at the time, like Vikings was big on history channel. Um, like Neil Gaiman had just published a book on Norse mythology. So I basically took this like pop culture thing, Vikings, and it was like, okay, for all you nerds out there, let's go a little bit deeper. Like, who wants to know about, um, you know, the Norse literature that J.R.R. Tolkien based uh, Lord of the Rings off of, you know, uh, stuff like that. Um, so so that's kind of, you know, how I started the show. Um, so let's see, that was in 2018, early 2019. I got to go on my first media trip to the UK. I stayed in York um, and it was like all expenses paid for this cool trip. Um, to like cover this Viking event they were doing. Um, year after that, I got a book deal with the largest military history publisher uh, and wrote a book about weapons and tactics, Viking battle tactics and weapons, uh, specifically in the kind of French region during the Middle Ages. Um, you know, and, you know, of course, all that opened so many different work opportunities with awesome clients. But, uh, you know, the rest is history. That's kind of how that journey went. I love the pun. That that was that, that was supposed to be my pun, and I, I know I, I, we were just talking. A lot of people haven't heard my humor. I love puns, so thank you for for sharing that pun with me because that has got a huge smile on my face right now. Well, I appreciate you getting into the depths of that that journey. Just sounds I know it was a few month journey condensed into a couple sentences, but there was a whole heck of a lot. That just happened for what? Why? Well, it's mm-hmm. you dra- you said you dragged your feet for two years. And yeah. one day you just got fed up with it. You made the decision, I'm gonna stop dragging my feet, and you took action. And from what I know of you, I know you took massive action. 
and I preach that all the time, massive daily action. You knew what you were supposed to do. You had a passion for history, for Vikings. And the thing that I love about your story is it doesn't sound like you had this all planned out or all this mapped out. No. And I know I always love to say if if you uh, don't plan, you're going to shoot. I can't think of it right now. But if you don't plan, <laughs> if you fail to plan, you plan to fail, right? Exactly. And that there's a lot of truth to that. However, you can make up for that by taking a massive amount of action and saying, okay, let me try this. Well, that didn't work. Let me try this. Oh, that didn't work. Mm-hmm. Let me try this. And it might take quote unquote longer or be tougher, but you had the will, you had the drive and it doesn't sound like you made too many mistakes and you were able to really correct your course in, in a short period of time, but also at the same time you were taking massive amounts of action. And you know what I knew ACE, you know what I did? Well, I should say, I didn't know this going into it, but within the first month of this journey, I figured it out. I knew I, I didn't know what would happen. I didn't know if I would have to go to college or not. I mean, I literally had no money. I was a teenager living in uh, you know a bedroom at my parents' house. I didn't know what life had in store for me, but I just knew like deep in my heart of hearts that it would all work out somehow. Like I truly believe life is a math equation. And if you put forward the energy toward your dream, yeah, you're going to have, you know, you're going to have pitfalls and failures and like things like that. But like it will at the end of the day work out. It's just how it works. Like you're a hero on your journey. And just like every single story from Star Wars to the Bible that was ever written, like the hero always wins at the end of the day. And I knew that would happen with me. Um, you know, and, and in a way it, it kind of did. So I would just encourage people like you literally have limitless potential. Like you, you literally have limitless potential and we live in the fact that we live in 2022 is such a gift. Like the, right. it, it, you know, it, like you have literally the world, the universe at your fingertips through our technology. Um, so I am a, a dream chaser, man. Uh, you know, my dream was to cr- achieve financial freedom, doing something I love, (laughs) which is podcasting and history. And I've been able to do it. Um, you know, other people have different dreams and I, I'm a huge advocate of like, just go for it, man. It's only a matter of time before it turns out. Man, that is so inspiring. I, you need to take over for me, man. I give up. (laughs) (laughs) That is so incredible. I just love that message. And I know your faith plays a lot into it as well. As long as you show up every day, you take action, you do the right thing, it's going to work out. And shoot, I would not have met you if it didn't work out. So I'm very happy that it worked out. So you got this podcast rolling, 50,000 listeners per episode, not a month, not a year per episode, you get... I didn't know this. You got a stinking book deal. Like that is so cool. That is so exciting. What are some of the other things that have happened because of that first door you decided to walk into? You know, so as shortly after I started my podcast, I knew that I would have no problem finding work, doing something that I love. Um, and for a lot of people, like that isn't a thing, you know, a lot of people wonder where their next gig is going to come from, let alone the opportunity to do something that you're passionate in. 
So, um, you know, I achieved financial freedom the moment that my podcast was successful. Yeah, I had some jobs that, you know, didn't work out, but like I was never starving. I always gained expertise. Doors always opened. And now I'm to the point where I don't have to work for one employer. I can, you know, run my own business and, and work with the clients I'd like to. So I'd say that was the biggest one. The amount of like personal friendships that I've built through this journey too is is one of the biggest things. I was just in Iceland uh, like two or three months ago, and it was my first time in the country. Um, and for those who don't know, like Iceland is where the Vikings like were, you know, from. That's like Viking history territory. And I I landed in Iceland, and I was able to meet up with so many cool people. One of my friends, Jesse Bayak, is a professor at the university. I had breakfast with him a few times. Uh, Armin Jakobsen, another professor at the university, I met him there. And there were so many people that reached out and were like, oh, you're in Iceland. Let's get together. And I just didn't have enough time to slot them all in. But like the amount of personal friendships is absolutely incredible. Um, you know, all around the world and all across the country, that's one. Um, you know, uh, self-confidence too. you know, the ability to like create something and have people come and consume your content and send you emails saying it's, this is awesome. I look forward to listening to you. Um, you know, that kind of stuff too. Like, oh, I'm probably forgetting a lot, but I, just so many doors were open because of it. That's incredible. I feel the same way. Anytime I'm doing something and my journey with the podcast and my book, which is out now on Amazon, just a little teaser for everybody. I'm just at the beginning of this journey for myself. But what I'm finding is through connecting with people like you, Joshua, Dr. Wagner, everybody at Operation Rescue Children. There's so many amazing people in this world and so many people that can inspire you. And networking as i say networking relationships are so powerful but if you're not if you're not putting yourself first in that position showing up every day taking that action but you're also not filling other people we'll we'll get to this here here in a minute but i feel like one of the reasons why our relationship is so good is i'm constantly trying to figure out ways to give to you to fill in to you, your spirit, your soul, ideas, inspiration, but you do the same to me all the time. So our relationship is not a take-take relationship. Our relationship is just a give-give and that's all it's going to be. And I'm just completely blessed. I'm completely appreciative of everything that we've done together so far in such a short amount of time. And it's crazy because every time I push you, I haven't said this uh, live <laughs> yet, but Noah and I together are going to be working on 100 podcasts in 100 days starting January. I'm going to do the 100 podcast challenge. And we're going to get into why you're so busy these days. But I, I was thinking when I first sent that message to you, I was like, oh, man, Noah's just going to stress out. Not that I've ever seen you stress, but in my mind, I was like, man, Noah's going to stress out about this. This is a huge ask. And your response was, dude, I am so excited. Let's do this. Other podcasters that I work with said they've wanted to do this. Nobody's done this, but I know you can do this. And I just got, I just, you set me on fire. I was like, yes. All right, let's do this. Let's keep, let's move yeah. forward. A hundred podcasts, a hundred days. 
don't know how I'm going to do it, but we'll figure it out. We'll plan. And for this, yes, we will be doing some planning. But <laughs> with your expertise, your guidance, and both of our willingness and ability to do something that neither one of us has previously done, I am just so excited to be doing that with you. Likewise, Ace. And I, I knew that we needed to do it. And just some like actual, just, just a thought on this is like, you know, it, it's kind of like our, our last guest, Andy Naylor. And I mean, this is like an old adage, but it's like, you know, people say, I don't have time to go to the gym, but it's like, no, no, no. Like when you go to the gym, that will literally give you more energy and you'll be able to get more stuff done. Um, you know, I was listening to like a, a video, I don't know, it was a Ted talk or something, but my takeaway from it was like, ever notice how the, the people who don't have time to do you a favor or don't have time to connect with you are like objectively not busy. Like it's, it's when you reach out to people like the hustlers, the busy people, they'll always make time for you, you know? And it's just because I think we're, we're mission driven and, um, like this stuff gives me life, you know, it gives me energy. So I'm so excited. Oh, likewise, man. It is going to be a fun journey. So for the listeners out there, Noah does have a newer podcast. I say newer. I'm not sure how long you've been doing this, but it's not the Viking podcast. It's called Profit with Podcasting. You can find it on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also reach Noah at his email, which is noah at profitwithpodcasting.com. Now, I would love to jump into Profit with Podcasting. I to be honest, I haven't listened to it yet, but I'm going to listen sure. to it tonight. That along with uh, Lex Friedman and Andrew Huberman. I'm excited about that <laughs> podcast as well. But what I want to jump into, because I think it's so powerful. you When we were putting this pod podcast together, I wanted you to have a better idea of who I was and the journey that I've been going through and the whole premise for this podcast. And so I sent you a draft copy of my book for you to read a few months ago. I think you said you read it on your, at least half of it on your plane ride to yes. Iceland. And just walk me through what you got out of it and the decision that you made. It This story is just absolutely incredible. And I, I, I have a reason for sharing it or having you say it. But yeah, can you just walk me through that time frame and what you're doing now because of it? Yeah. Oh, that's such a good story, Ace. You know, so, so again, my trip to Iceland. So I was on a trip to Iceland. Um, this was like end of August, early September, just a few months ago of 2022. And, um, I had read like, oh, I think it was over half of your book, a superhero by design, uh, on the flight to Iceland. I had met you a little while before then, maybe like a month or so ago anyways. Um, and I was, this whole Iceland trip was like, first of all, a full circle moment for me because for years I had dreamed of going to Iceland. I mean, like I'm obsessed with the country. It's why I started a podcast about Vikings. And, you know, finally I have the the financial freedom and the time freedom to be able to take a trip there. So, so that was a full circle moment in and of itself. Um, but I had had this, this thought of, um, I, I wanted to run for, uh, De Pere city council. Um, De Pere is the, the small town. Where, where I was spent my whole life, lived here, lifelong resident in Wisconsin. And, and I had thought about running for De Pere City Council. It's a nonpartisan race. Um, and I was like, oh my goodness, I have no political experience. I don't know if I could do this. But I read 
a good chunk of your book on that trip to Iceland. And I landed in Iceland. I'll never forget it. I remember getting out in uh, Keflavik airport, which is in the capital Reykjavik. Um, and I had just landed. It was like 4 a.m. Central time, 10 a.m. Their time. I'm exhausted. And I just remember getting my luggage, getting in the rental car and driving through the Icelandic countryside and thinking like, pardon my French, but holy shit, like this is exactly what I need to do. And every bit of intimidation and doubt was erased because what you teach in that book, Ace, like through your experience, it's all about radical transformation. And like, that is literally what every hero from Amelia Earhart to Martin Luther King Jr. to, um, you know, King Arthur to, oh, man, <laughs> to you, you know, these, are, these are big comparisons, man. <laughs> it's true, man. Like that's literally what happened? It's it's all about radical transformation and a hero lives inside all of us. And I think the real shame is that for so many, that hero is dead to someone's entire life. And it's only when we awake that hero that we truly live the life we were designed to live. So um, that's that's what I got out of the book. It was just this, I, it's such an overused word, but it, it's such a, it was such a calling. Like, you know, it's like, the the way I can describe it is it's this little voice inside of you. Like you can feel it in your, your tummy and it's just telling you, this is what you need to do. And you try to think about, and eh, I'll think about it later. I'll think about that tonight. Um, I don't want to deal with this, but you just cannot shake it. Um, and that's what I was, was called to do. And that's what I got out of your book. That's absolutely incredible, man. When you, I don't know if you told me about this when you were in Iceland or when you had come back and I was absolutely blown away. You were the first person to read the draft besides my editor and myself, obviously to read that first draft, the first person and the excitement in your voice. And when we talked and you're saying, Hey, I'm running for city council. And I was like, what? I couldn't, I couldn't (laughs) believe that something I had said, something I had written had not only impacted somebody, but to the level for you to get into politics, like wherever that journey takes you, I'm not taking full responsibility, but at least I was able to, through my story, I was able to influence you in just, even if it was just that nudge that you had needed, because Mm -hmm. in that hundred days, which I talk about throughout the book, I did make a radical transformation but I still do have my doubts. I have those saboteurs in my head that say, oh, you're an imposter, you're a phony. But to have that sort of confirmation from not not even a stranger, somebody I care about, somebody that I consider a, a good friend of mine, and we hadn't even known each other that long. So, but to have that kind of impact, I just got, I just lit up. I just got set on fire. I was like, if this is even going to be close to anything I'm going to experience going down this road of, of the book and the podcast, like sign me up, whatever problems are going to come my way. I am going to remember that Noah, the Ark Tetzner <laughs> changed his life because of something I said. Yeah. And I know you were already destined to do great things, but to feel like I'm able to fill you with something. And then in return, that filled me with even more drive and motivation to push this thing more, to push harder, to be better, to do better. And absolutely incredible when you hear something like that. And I, I, it couldn't be my writing. It had to be my editor. She, she did a phenomenal job. That, that, <laughs> that thing was chicken scratch when I gave it to her, but 
I, I'm just so, once again, I'm just so blessed. I'm just so honored that I had some sort of, uh, impact on your life because of what I put myself through. Man, I, from heart to heart, man, I, I totally, I totally thank you so much for, for that book. Um, you know, it was, um, again, like, the ultimate warrior, Joshua, the ultimate warrior Gillow was the one who was kind enough, uh, and destined to introduce us. And certainly, you know, having worked with him for almost a year at that time, you know, and, and seeing him out there, um, putting this, this good energy into the world and, and doing his thing. Um, you know, it certainly made me step back and scratch my head. And then, you know, I'd been hearing this call and I read your book and it was just, it was like, you know, game set match. I knew I had to do it. Um, so yeah, man, absolutely. That's incredible. That is absolutely incredible. So with this race, I know it's taking you out of your comfort zone. You're, you're yeah. doing things you never thought you would be doing as far as campaigning, going around the community, going up, giving speeches, having a platform and all of that. Just tell us a little bit, uh, not the, the X's and O's, but what's going on inside of you every day. Mm, absolutely. You know, well, first of all, you know, when, if anybody out there listening ever considers running for political office of any kind, whether that's school board or city council or village or town board or Senate or state Senate, whatever, um, like you will learn a lot about yourself and you will learn a lot about yourself that you did not know existed. Uh, you know, fears, convictions that you had had that you had pressed away for years. I mean, everything comes to life. Like it, like, um, you are a sponge and the, the game, the race is squeezing you and everything is coming out of you. You know, I mean, that's kind of my visual representation. Um, I would say that a lot of things that I did not know about myself came to light. Um, through this journey. I, I had never realized how I let people intimidate me. Um, I had never realized that, you know what, um, you have to take a stand for what you believe in. And if people critique you, it doesn't matter. Like you have to stick with it. You have to, you have to step up and you have to square your shoulders and you have to say, this is what I'm for. And this is what I believe in. And, um, you know, I would say it's one of those things, um, you know, I'm running a nonpartisan, uh, non, I'm running in a nonpartisan election. You know, there's not a, a, there's not political parties involved. So on the ballot, um, there won't be a, in for those of you in the United States, there won't be an R or a D next to my name. Um, you know, and, and I simply, well, the question you'll get most often is, well, why are you running? And for me, I, I, I'm running because I want to be the voice for the people of, of my district in De Pere. Um, you know, I'm representing, I'm seeking to represent a quarter of the city. So five to 6,000 people, um, you know, and I'm, I'm running because I, I am not a, I'm not for partisan politics. I'm not a member of either of the major political parties. I want to be a voice for the people of De Pere. And one of the things I'll say too, is, you know, uh, the American political system, you know, is, is comical at times. And it's, it's often commented on by other countries as, oh, those Americans, they're so ridiculous. And I will say that everything that you see at a national level, the scandals, the backstabbing, the divisiveness happens at a local level too. You might think, well, city council, school board, you know, in, in a town of 20,000 people, that's ridiculous. Oh no, that 
that happens at a national level goes on uh, at a, at your own level as well. But you know, the thing that I do is so you know for for my campaign, we're doing a lot of different things. I'm running the campaign just like I'd run a business. We have an objective, which is to win the election. Um, but you know, one of the things that I remind myself every morning is, you know, Noah. It doesn't matter what anyone says about you. It doesn't matter who says what. The only thing that matters are the conversations you have with people at their doors. So um, studies have shown the most effective way to campaign isn't Facebook ads. It's not billboards. It is literally knocking on people's doors. Um, you know, so what I've, I do between 60 to 100 doors a day, I go out in the late afternoon slash evenings and I knock on someone's door and I say, hey, I'm your neighbor, Noah. I live over on Beaumere Street and I'm running for city council. I just wanted to swing by to ask if you had any thoughts or concerns related to the city. And I shut up and I listen to people's concerns. And I love those conversations. I really do. Those are what matters. Like talking one-on-one -on -one to people, you know, that's why I'm running. So that's my little thing, man, a little window into my world. That's absolutely incredible. There is so much good stuff out of what you just said. I love how you said Facebook doesn't matter. Press doesn't matter. TV, all of that doesn't matter. What matters is not only meeting the, pe the people face-to-face, -face, and it sounds like you spend a lot, put a lot of action, a lot of time into literally knocking on doors. Yeah. And just not only doing that, but then once you introduce yourself and ask their opinion on something, what you said was, I shut up. You're an, yeah. you, you just listen and you try to understand. And no matter what you're doing in life, if you want to make an impact, you need to shut up, listen and understand because what that does is it creates a connection with somebody. And if you're able to connect with somebody, you can you can do anything you want. And I feel like that's a superpower of yours, whether you realize it or not, is your ability to connect with people. You've connected to me. You connected with Joshua. You connected with the people in your community. And that is so important because most of the time, people don't care about being right or wrong. They just want to be understood and heard. And that is definitely a superpower of yours. I'm so happy that you shared that because that is so powerful no matter what you want to do, whether you want to start your own business or you just want to be a W-2 employee. It doesn't matter. You want a good relationship with your family members, your kids, your spouse. You got to connect. You got to listen. You got to understand. And that's really, that's, it's really that simple. However, in our mind... It isn't that simple. We want to interject. We want to state our own opinion. And that doesn't work. And what you're doing in your community, I've had very limited experience with city council and things like that, just from my developments and going to city council meetings and things like that. It takes a very strong person to do what you want to do because I like to think I would have enough patience with the general public, but I don't know if I have that much patience with the general public. <laughs> Your ability to listen to the most random person's views or complaints about street signs or what have you. Like, yeah. I don't know if I'd be able to do that and yeah. nothing wrong with being able to or not, but lots of patience, lots of connection and 
just wanting, I love what you said. I'm not left. I'm not right. I just want to help people. And you're already there understanding them. It's just figuring out, okay, what do they need and how do I get that done? And it does sound semi like an uphill battle at times where you're talking about all the things that happen that we hear about the scandals and everything on a national level, but now it's happened, you know, it happens every level. So I know those are tough things to navigate. Like you said, your, your, your values are going to get tested every Mm. day. And that is the sign. And another reason why I think you're going to do so well, a true superhero always, I call it my code of conduct. How do I conduct myself? It is, is it in line with my values? And as long as you're sticking to your values, like you said, you got to stick to your, your thoughts, your views, your opinions, and not sway at all. Because if you do start swaying or compromising, people might not be aware of it, but they're going to notice it on a subconscious level. And I know that's not you, but you, there's a reason why I wanted you on this show, Noah. And (laughs) I didn't know all of this stuff about you, but the more we talk about this, the more we dive into it, get deeper into it, man, you are a true real life superhero. You live a mission. You've got superpowers. You've got this amazing identity. And I couldn't be happier to, to be on this journey of life with you. Likewise, Ace. Likewise, no, I, uh, I couldn't, I couldn't agree with you more. You know, the respect goes, goes both ways. Um, you know, and, and I've never thought of myself, I've never thought of the ability to connect with somebody as a superpower, but perhaps it is, you know, and, and, you know, life is relationships. Like by definition, our existence on this planet is relationships. I mean, that's something you can trace to like the dawn of our existence. Like we as human beings have congregated in tribes, uh, like to ensure our survival, (laughs) you know? And, and one of the things that I would say is, you know, sometimes you will get flack from someone, you know, and I'll just use like my political journey. Cause I mean, you get a ton of negativity from people there, but the thing that I tell myself is like, people don't hate you. They hate the context in which they met you. Right. So like if I go to someone's door and I, I don't get this hardly ever and somebody's, you know, really upset with me or they don't like me or they're rude. Like if we just like met at a bar or like we met each other on the street, like we'd probably get along really well, but it was the context through which we met that wasn't good. You know, like I'm a firm believer in like relationships, like right person, wrong time. You know, so that's a thing too. So I always tell myself like, Noah, they don't hate you personally. Um, And even if they do, that's fine. Like they just don't like the circumstances and it's, you know, there's a book out there called that I read when I was young (laughs) and I won't even get into it. It's called a child called it. Um, And it's about a guy named David Pelsner who was abused as a child. And he's, he's giving his kind of testimony and the whole like thesis of the book is hurt people, hurt people. You know? So I just remember that too. Like if someone's hurting you, means they're hurting on the inside. So that's just a a reminder for people. Yeah. I couldn't agree with you more. It's like the bully that, beat you up. Well, in my case, beat me up in school. He was probably getting bullied by one of his parents and it's, it's just a sad cycle. Um, but I couldn't agree with you more on that. Now I know we're getting close to it. However, I would like you to touch on your podcast profit with podcasting one, 
because I want to hear about it too. But too, yeah. also, I, I'd love for the audience to talk about it for maybe anyone that might be interested in podcasting. But I know this goes to more than just podcasting. Yeah. You know, uh, so I started a show called profit with podcasting and on the show, I mean, like that is, that is the show is me sitting down with people who are profiting from podcasting, people who are doing podcasting full time for a living, people who are using podcasting as a revenue generator in their business. Um, and there are like so many tactical strategies and case studies for using podcasting to make a living, a really good living. And I'm not talking about getting advertisers and sponsors, although that is something we address on the show because it's a good option. Like there are so many ways to make a living from podcasting and it's all linked to relationships, relationships with your listeners, relationships with your guests. Um, podcasting is such a magical way to connect with people. And like, that's why I love it so much because think of it like this. Okay. If you have somebody who's kind of a well-known person, maybe it's uh, the CEO of a company that you have been trying to connect with for months, but they won't agree to meet with you. Um, if it's a celebrity or an influencer that you really admire, you know, if you email these people or you hit them up on social media, you're not going to stand out. But if you invite someone on your podcast and you say, hey, I have a podcast and I'd love to interview you for an hour where you will literally talk about yourself – People are going to love that. And then you shut up and you listen during that interview. And after the interview, I call that green room chat. It's like magic. I mean, the amount of deals that have been closed in the 15 minutes after a podcast interview, myself for my clients. I mean, that's that's why I'm here today, you know, um, but also like, again, lifelong friendships, um, opportunities, collaborations, um, I've, there have been people that I've interviewed on my podcasts and we chatted just about life. Like I had a person that's like, Hey, Noah, you need help with like a virtual assistant. I'm going to literally share my screen and show you how I run my virtual assistants. I had another guy uh, who turns out he was a Christian uh, and I was kind of, we were just talking about our faiths after the interview. Like <laughs> I, there's so much opportunity uh, in podcasting and that's what profit with podcasting is all about. That is absolutely incredible. Well, I am going to be subscribing to it immediately. If if I didn't have my phone off right now, I'd be subscribing as I'm talking right now. But that sounds absolutely incredible. And I know specifically with podcasts, I know you go in the ins and outs of making those connections and things like that. And I've already experienced a little bit of that myself, just being able to have people like yourself on next episode. So stay tuned. Next episode, I'm going to have my brother, my identical twin brother, Michael, on the show. And we're going to have a little bit of fun doing that in a little bit different format. But I get to share that with you. I get to share it with Joshua. I've had him on a few times. He's going to have me on his podcast. I get to have my brother on the show. Like, How cool is that? And on top of getting to meet other people as well. But going back to the relationships real quick, it's it's the same thing. And this might get somebody's foot in the door as far as someone they've wanted to talk to. I'm, I'm a big fan of Tim Ferriss and his four hour work week book. And I've used some of his, his tactics to try to email people, but I've, I've done that for years and the success rate isn't very high. So having a platform like I have and you have, and being able to say, Hey, let's, let's do this. Let's have a conversation on a podcast and, give good information to people to help them out to give 
I think that's really what it comes down to. If you're able to not only give to that person, but you could give together, that just creates so much synergy and the ability for people to really want to collaborate and, and do something bigger and more outside of themselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. I could not agree more. That's incredible. Noah, uh, I know it's coming up on the hour and I wish this won't end. However, we will be talking after the show. So I am looking forward to that. And I get the <laughs> pleasure of talking to you pretty much every week. And it is yeah. amazing. So happy to have you on the show, man. I really appreciate you coming on. Oh man, Ace, the pleasure is all mine. It, it literally truly was an honor being on here. Um, and I'm, I'm so excited to execute our 100 day podcast challenge and our, our mission. Um, and you know, like, that's what I love is like superhero by design is like, a is like a, a medium for meeting other like-minded life transformational people. So I'm so excited to, to be on this road. With well, I'm, I really appreciate you supporting me with all of this and just your enthusiasm, your skill set, and just, yeah, we, it's going to be a fun journey together. So if y'all have been listening, Noah does have a podcast. It's called Profit with Podcasting. You could find it anywhere, Spotify, Apple, all the major podcasting platforms. And then if you want to reach Noah directly, you can shoot him an email at Noah at profitwithpodcasting.com. And I know you're working, you said you're working on your website right now. I'm sure it's profitwithpodcasting.com. If, yep. And I know that's going to be absolutely incredible as well. I'm excited about your race. Like I always say, anything you need from me, even if it's just moral support and a virtual high five, I'm always down to help out in any capacity that I can. Awesome, man. I so appreciate it. Awesome, man. We'll have a great day. For you of those who are listening, thank you once again for tuning in. Stay around for the next episode, which I will be bringing on my identical twin brother, Michael. There might be some voiceovers. I think it's going to be hard to tell who's saying what at times, but it's going to make it that much more fun. So thank you all for listening. I appreciate you all. With that said, peace out.